morning and thank you for joining me once again as we are making our way very quickly uh, through the book of Isaiah. We find ourselves with uh, six chapters left and don't fear, we're not going to do six chapters today. Uh, instead of doing four chapters, we're going to do three chapters, three today, three tomorrow. So today, we'll look at chapters 61, 62, and 63 and uh, kind of zero in on the first four verses of chapter 61. And uh, chapter 61 opens with that which is quoted by Luke's gospel as Jesus uh, appeared in uh, the synagogue in Nazareth as he read uh, the, that uh, passage. And so it is again a prophecy regarding uh, the coming of the Messiah that uh, God's favor is ultimately expressed through God's Son, uh, Jesus Christ. And that salvation and judgment are coming uh, to Zion. And that uh, uh, those that refuse to repent are going uh, to come under the, the wrath of Almighty God. And, and uh, those that repent shall know His favor, uh, His salvation. And uh, chapter 63 begins to pick up the details of exactly how God's going to punish the, the profound vengeance of the Lord to be exacted on uh, the rebels. And then chapter 63 uh, closes with, a, with an intercessory prayer uh, that the prophet prays for, for uh, mercy. And uh, certainly an example for us as we live in the midst of a, a decadent society and nation uh, that uh, we know uh, that uh, there's a justice that is going to come uh, for the rebels against God, but uh, it's also uh, the right thing for us to pray for God's mercy. Now, chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim uh, the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Now, of course, this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy written by Isaiah hundreds of years before our Lord Jesus uh, was born in Bethlehem. But as he began his uh, public ministry, he was called upon to read uh, from the scroll in his uh, hometown synagogue of, of Nazareth. He, he chose this portion and he, he read it and he ended his reading with that this is now fulfilled in uh, your hearing. And so uh, whatever Isaiah was anticipating, uh, there, there was a, a partial fulfillment in responding to the truth of Isaiah's uh, message, the, the warning of judgment, the offer of salvation. But it was ultimately fulfilled in the coming, in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can see that he indeed was the anointed one, the one that preached the gospel, the, the, the good news, the one that brought uh, healing to uh, the brokenhearted. This is uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice there in verse 2, there is the year of the Lord's favor, but there's also the day of God's vengeance. And so... 
salvation often comes to God's people uh, by God bringing judgment upon uh, his enemies. They are delivered through uh, God's judgment. And so uh, in uh, the accomplishment of the suffering servant and the accomplishment of our Lord Jesus Christ, all these things uh, will be uh, fulfilled and righteousness shall be established. There shall be a restoration. Now, the, the thing, and particularly maybe with the Old Testament prophecies, um, there's a, several things that are, that are going on. Um, the Old Testament prophets had a, a warning that was uh, applicable to the people of that day that they were about to come under God's judgment and uh, most fully accomplished in what we know as the Babylonian captivity that lasted 70 years. And then the prophets preached that God was going to preserve them through that uh, captivity and they were going to be restored to the land and that was going to be a great and uh, glorious thing. Uh, but the reality is that restoration under uh, Ezra and Nehemiah and Zerubbabel, the leaders of the, uh, of the return, uh, there really wasn't anything that all that great and glorious uh, about it. They, they still uh, were a people that were often oppressed. They were still a people that would uh, lapse easily into all manner of evil, although uh, the Babylonian captivity cured uh, the nation of its idolatry. Uh, there's not any record, really, of them being uh, tempted to falling into the uh, idolatrous practices of the pagan uh, nations around them. So, but uh, in what sense that this is fulfilled uh, in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and His accomplishment through His atonement of the gospel, of the uh, how it is fulfilled in salvation as it's applied to every believer. Uh, through the course of history, and then how it will be ultimately supplied in the uh, eternal state. Uh, those things uh, remain to be seen. Uh, and so you can see there are multiple ways that there are reference points uh, in the future from the perspective of, uh, of Isaiah. Uh, but certainly Jesus had no problem saying, this passage is fulfilled as I read it. Uh, there about A.D. 30, uh, for us 2,000 years ago. And so it is indeed, we are indeed living in the year of the Lord's favor, a year in which we are in view of the accomplishment of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and His gospel is still applicable uh, to us and salvation is still freely available. And so I pray that this is a blessing to your day and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.